Hello, hello. Welcome to the astrology show. This is Kira. As always, <laughs> I'm always the host. <laughs> um, happy Valentine's Day. If you're listening to this when this episode drops, it is February 14th, 2022, um, aka Valentine's Day, aka Kira's Conception Day. <laughs> That's how I like to, um, that's how I like to celebrate the 14th of February, the day when I was most likely conceived, um, 31 years ago. (laughs) So, um, yeah, make sure to wish any of your third decan Scorpio friends, meaning, you know, your Scorpio friends born around somewhere between, you know, February 10th and February 20th, or sorry, (laughs) November 10th and November 20th is what I meant to say. Um, most likely conceived on Valentine's Day, right? So that's how I like to celebrate this holiday, especially because I'm always fucking single <laughs> on Valentine's Day. Um, but who knows? I actually am entering a nice Eros period starting today. So you never know. Maybe um maybe I'll get lucky. <laughs> we'll see. Anyway. Um, today we have a really cool episode for you because in honor of this, you know, heart loving, love loving day, (laughs) we have an episode about compatibility. Um, and specifically I invited on a few of our writers from the app that I launched, Cusp, Cusp Astrology. Um, we launched that in, in October of 2021 And yeah, I assembled this incredible group of writers um, and a few of them came on the show to talk about what it was like writing for an app, writing compatibility reports, all the things. So we're talking compatibility today um, and I hope you enjoy. And um, yeah, I hope you download Cusp. I hope you um, enjoy it as much as I enjoy it and the thousands of people who use it every day enjoy it because it is such a great app. I'm not only just saying that because I created it. <laughs> I'm saying it because um, it was the content is written by incredible astrologers and it just hits. It hits really hits really good. Um, it's available on Android and on iOS. So if you have a smartphone, you can download it and use it. Um, and I talk more about it in the episode, so I won't go too deep into it. But if you like it, you know, like it's always so nice to hear that from you. Um, we're on social at cusp.astrology on Instagram and at cuspastrology on Twitter. So um, yeah, tag us if you want to share, you know, your reports or if you want to share your daily horoscope or maybe your um, your sign overviews, whatever, tag us, share us. It's really, really, really helpful. Um and we love seeing what you guys think. We love hearing it. And of course, you know, rate us on the app stores. That's always extremely helpful as well. Um, but I'm I'm super stoked about the app and we have, we just keep releasing cool updates and we have even more to come. So stay tuned. Um, yeah. And then I guess my last major housekeeping before we get into the episode is the doors to the 11th house are closing tomorrow night on Tuesday, February 15th. 
Um, I think we're going to close them around 9 p.m. Pacific. So get in while you can. Um, of course, if you don't already know, the 11th house is a membership community, a virtual community um, for astro nerds, for, for those of us who like to geek out on astrology, you know, really good for students, really good for just, you know, nerds and enthusiasts. Um, and specifically, it's it's designed for you to meet other people and connect with other astro nerds and astro friends and astro hoes, you know, like we, we belong together. <laughs> um, and we just have a ton of programming every month. Every month we do new moon and full moon gatherings. And that's a really good place to come to one, get your questions answered by me and two, to meet other astros. I put you into groups, into small groups and give you prompts to work with. And you basically get to um, have space held for you, speak the beautiful language of astrology and meet cool people. So yeah, um, the doors are open. And then also we have um, monthly reading trades now. So you can pop in first Saturday of every month and get paired with someone to practice reading, you know, practice, um, your skills. And it's a really good low pressure way to do so. It's also a really good way to meet new people. It's also a really good way to, um, get insight, you know, um, in an exchange sort of way, especially great if you are, you know, low on funds and, um, can't really afford like a full reading with someone necessarily, but you also have gifts to to share and exchange. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about our reading swaps. And of course, we have our um, our monthly guest workshops, which as a member you get access to. Um, and we basically, I invite cool people that I know, sort of like the podcast, you know, I invite cool people to um, share some sort of training. And this month, um, on February 26th, we have the incredible Captolia Eaton, um, who is one of my business coaches. She's coming in to give a whole workshop about SEO just for astrologers. And that's pretty special. <laughs> it's pretty special to have, um, Captolia is like a, a brand and marketing, um, expert, especially when it comes to witchy businesses and brands and, um, she's just helped me tremendously. She's helped so many of my colleagues tremendously. And she actually came into the 11th house a couple months back um, to talk about just like being online and building a magical brand. So if you join the 11th house, you actually get access to that that replay. Um, and even if you don't want to join, you know, I think there's probably a lot of like pro astros out there that are like, yeah, I don't really need like, you know, a place to connect with other students or whatever. Totally understand that. The good the great news is is that our guest workshops are actually open to the public. Um so you can just purchase a ticket and you don't have to join the 11th house in order to um attend and soak up that that good wisdom, right? So you'll actually if you purchase a ticket, you'll get access to the recording forever. Um and yeah, I'm just really stoked about it. I'm really stoked about this reopening of the 11th house. We're doing it bigger and better than ever. Um, Jupiter is in my first house. So of course, right. Of course we got to do it bigger and better. Um, so yeah, doors are open until, um, tomorrow night, Friday or not Friday, sorry, February, (laughs) 
15th. Um, and if you join today, you get to join our next moon gathering, which is the Leo full moon um, gathering on Wednesday, the 16th. And so, yeah, like I said, you can come. I'm going to talk a little bit about the moon, the current astro, um, answer some questions you guys might have. You can ask questions about anything astrology related at our moon gatherings. I like, I give you a, um, a Q&A form basically. So you can just let me know your question. Even if you can't make it live, I'll try to answer it. And then you get to go in groups and talk with other astros and meet cool people. So get in while you can. Um, I'd love to have you. I'd love to see you. And you also get early access to the astrology show episodes. So you can listen to all of our episodes before they even release. Um, and you get, <laughs> you get so much in the 11th house, right? You get early access, you get, um, to, to join Venusian Afternoons live recordings, um, which more on that soon. Um, and I didn't even mention, but you get, you know, our whole archive of past guest workshops. I have like 12 or 14 or so of my own um, webinars and workshops, many of which are only exclusive to the 11th house. Um, there's just so much content in there and you get a discount to my store. So if you want to buy any of my workshops and webinars and shit, you get a discount. There's so much you get in the 11th house. And, um, it really comes down to like less than a dollar 50 a day for like all of this stuff that you get. <laughs> and I didn't even mention our discord. We have this pop and discord channel, um, our server. There's just so much goodness that you get. So, um, join if you're interested, check it out. There's going to be a link in the show notes. And, um, if you join annually, you get some extra bonuses too. You get a month free, you get this cool PDF bundle, um, and you get a bonus lecture of mine as well. So definitely worth it to join annually because you get, you know, a whole lot and like 12 cool guest workshops throughout the year, probably more honestly, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. Let me shut up. <laughs> I love you guys. Thanks for being here with me today. Um, I'm really stoked about this episode. Like we just have such a great team on cusp and it makes my heart happy and it makes me happy that you guys get to see and hear um, some of the brilliance behind this app and behind the content that you are consuming through this app because I think that's really important um, to know who the astrologers are that are writing your astro app content <laughs> um, and yeah just some good some good wisdom in this episode so please enjoy Hey everyone, I, I would say each of your names. I guess I could. Palace, Aaron, <laughs> Jared, and Joe. Hi, how are you guys? Hi. Doing good. <laughs> just waved. Everybody knows this is like a podcast. Everybody's being super I don't know that you waved. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of Virgo. <laughs> we have a lot of Virgo energy in here. It's a lot of like quiet, humble writer energy in here. <laughs> <laughs> in here today. Um, so yeah, I am so excited to um, talk to all of you guys about compatibility and cusp. 
um, our app that we've worked on together. And yeah, just going to get into it. It's Valentine's Day, um, or at least this is airing on Valentine's Day. I don't know when you're listening to it, but <laughs> um, we are, we're recording this in late January. We're still in the thick of Mercury and Venus retrograde. So just know that that's happening. And just for any future things that could uh, occur <laughs> during this episode. Um, but yeah, we're going to we're going to talk love and compatibility with you guys. Um, but before we get into it, let's do some intros. Um, if you're comfortable with sharing your SMR, we love to hear it. Um, and just tell us about your practice. So why don't you start, Joe? Oh, okay. Um, hello, everyone. I'm Joe O'Neill. Um, I am a Leo Sun, Cancer Moon, and Leo Rising. Uh, let's see a little about my practice. Um, I am a consulting astrologer, and I love to write weird, uh, weird astrology stuff. Um, I'm super into the idea of narrative astrology and storytelling with astrology based in like super traditional Hellenistic text. So that's kind of what I do. Um, yeah. And I don't know. That's it for now. Awesome. Um, Aaron. Hi, y'all. I'm Aaron, also known as E.T. Shipley. I'm also a consulting astrologer. I use she, her pronouns. I live, work, tend community on the lands of the Popoluchum, Amamutsun, Awaswas, and Ohlone peoples, uh, colonially known as Santa Cruz, California. And I mostly consult with clients right here from this spot in front of my computer. <laughs> um, I have like a window that opens out to this beautiful pine tree and a couple of wild oaks. And most of my astrology is technically rooted in Hellenistic, um, like traditional Western techniques. And a lot of what I do with astrology is work with people who are experiencing the impact of collapse, collapse of systems, environmental collapse, um, systems of oppression, and figuring out a way to sort of stay with the trouble um, or stay with the challenge or witness um, the experiences that ripple out from uh, everything that we're seeing in our world today. And I mostly, at, at least in the last year or so, I've shifted my practice to be working with clients for an extended period of time. So like three or six month periods in order to work with people through transits um, or to work with a specific area of their life or to navigate a specifically difficult thing that they're going through. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> and Aaron and I know each other. <laughs> I, I forgot to say with Joe, so I'm going to come back to you, Joe. But Aaron and I met um, on this lovely app called Tinder. <laughs> she was one of my lucky lucky swipes um, way back when, 2018, I think. And we just like immediately started nerding out about it astrology. Was so good. <laughs> it was so good. My phone was blowing um, up in actually, the best way. <laughs> The, the reason, like, what caught my eye, your picture, your main picture was in front of this place called Media Noche in mm -hmm. San Francisco. And actually, when I was in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago, I, I didn't go there. I ordered from there because, like, it was a bad time to be outside um, <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, I was 
it's I was like, oh, full circle. Last time I was here, it was like I did a shoot there, and then like two months after the shoot, that's when I like saw Aaron in front of the place um, on Tinder, and then yeah, we just like started nerding out hardcore so over mercury. astrology. And you were hand modeling. One too, of my right? earliest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was hand modeling. <laughs> yeah, there was um yeah. And then we finally got to meet up right before you moved out to the bay and we've just been friends ever and since. And now we're West Coasters, um, both of us. <laughs> and now we're West Co- and I'm gonna see you again very soon. I'm so, excited. so I'm excited. Um and I forgot to mention, yeah, Joe and I we I think we just connected over Twitter, right? Until we met in person at NORAC 2019. Oh my God. I know. I just had like a moment. (laughs) What year is it? Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember having like a really lovely like moment with you (laughs) somewhere in that hotel, like in the lobby or something. And we were both just like, I love you. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. For, you know what I remember most about like meeting you at Norwalk finally after being mutuals for a while? It was Friday and we were both wearing green shirts, obviously, yes. for Venus. <laughs> and I was like, hang on a second. Do you want to see something? And I like pulled down my my like waistline a little bit and I had on like <laughs> emerald green underwear too. And you were like, oh my God, same. And you did the same thing. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. I forgot about and that. And I was like, I love yeah. astrologers so much. <laughs> it was so exactly, sweet. Exactly, exactly. That's what I mean when I'm like, no, astrologers are the best people. Like, Truly. that's why all my friends are astrologers. 100%. Um, yeah, that was so much fun. Oh, I, fingers crossed, Norak 2022. I don't know if it's going to, you know, it definitely is not going to rival 2019, but um, it'll be nice. It'll be nice to see be in person again. Mm-hmm. Um. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you both for being here. And uh, Jared, welcome back. Actually, I shouldn't say welcome back because the episode that you're on <laughs> hasn't come out yet. Yeah. <laughs> I was also doing so that. So Jared's on another episode to come. I think it's actually the next episode. Um, right? Yeah, it is. You're on two episodes in a row. Wow. Okay. Yikes. So... <laughs> No, it's all good. Um, Jared, welcome to back to the astrology show. Um, yeah, what's your SMR? What do you do? Yeah, um, so I, I do astrology under the pseudonym of Mercurius George, which really was just you know a silly joke for me when I set up a Twitter account a few years back, um, and it's sort of haphazardly turned into a whole thing, and I sort of... <laughs> half embrace it now. Um, But my name is Jared, and I am a Libra sun, Libra moon, Virgo rising. Um, And I've been studying astrology on and off with varying degrees of seriousness since who knows when, uh, you know, the mid aughts, um, 2000s for anybody who doesn't know that term. And I I got much more serious about it um, in 2018, and I um, have been you know just connecting with the astrology world with astrologers and sort of making peace with it. To be honest, over the past you know four years or so, um, and studying, I studied with Austin Kopic, and finally started doing consultations for the general public. Um, once basically once the pandemic started and i was just very i had a lot of idle time 
and idle hands. <laughs> um, so I I do consultations on and off. Um, it's kind of a part-time thing for me. So probably when this episode airs, I will have my calendar open. Um, and I've mostly, my foundations are mostly quote unquote traditional astrology, Hellenistic and otherwise, but I don't necessarily consider myself like a Hellenistic astrologer because I think that's a pretty strict term. And I definitely have learned a lot from, you know, all sorts of different schools of thought. Um, and I don't have much else to say about what I do, but I'm very happy to be here. Happy to have you. Thank you. And yeah, we met over yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. And then we met in person because you you came to LA this last summer. Yeah. Last Ta fall? Last Whatever summer? Time it doesn't, was summer. Whatever time doesn't mean anything was, anymore. Yeah. We had fun. Yeah. Um, I was supposed to go to yeah. Norwalk 2020. So I was very devastated that that didn't happen because I had really psyched myself up for it. Mm. Um, and meeting, you know, presumably would have met most of you um in person then uh so yeah i've i've haven't been able to meet as many people in person as i would you know probably would have if not for the whole thing pandemic type of thing yeah <laughs> the whole thing <laughs> we did happened. get to have um we did have a tea party i think last time i saw you we we did a tea party in new york yeah in new york which is really fun with my bestie um teddy anyway yes happy to have you here and last but not least palace hi hi want to share with us hi everyone i'm palace uh i'm a virgo sun i'm one of the virgos sag moon rising but with a jupiter in aquarius so it rounds things out a little bit i'm a writer and astrologer and a consultant and i been seeing clients since god for like almost six years now which feels like a very long time in pandemic time my astrology's journey started when i was really young um primarily in kind of like rudyard psychological stuff and then it kind of mixed with some more traditional stuff when i found skyscript you know that was like early 2010s and then yeah through being part of through going to Norwalk and meeting more people internationally, I've melded like a few different kinds. There's some like evolutionary stuff in there, a lot of Hellenistic stuff. Um, yeah. And so I practice what I would call, I call it like relational astrology, um, which isn't so much about relationships specifically. It's about how we relate to the world, the chart as like an art of placemaking and yeah, relating. I don't know. Yeah. Glad to be here with all of these beautiful people. So happy to have you. Yeah. And um, we'll have you on another episode this season that I'm super excited to record soon. Mm -hmm. um, but, and we met also on Twitter, right? We or met no. at Norwalk before. At, at Norwalk. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Because I wasn't really on Twitter. And then after Norwalk 2019, I was like, okay, I guess I have to get on Twitter to keep in touch with all these amazing people I met so yeah, yeah no that was I remember we were walking to like the mall like mm -hmm. the mall <laughs> to get <Yeah>. food <laughs> and we like were having this really awesome conversation about 12th house Saturn mm -hmm. you're kind of like prepping me for my Saturn return 
Um, yeah, yeah, I was talking about Rob Hand. Talking about, I think I remember regaling you with some story about Rob Hand's Twelfth House Saturn. Like, yeah, oh yeah, he's a good, yeah, he's a good club. Beautiful. And speaking of Saturn, um, we talked about Saturn on the astrology show. Yeah, it was together, Zamboni season one. Yeah, it was so Zamboni. Good. Who I'm also recording with soon. Oh good. Um, I think next week too. Yeah, for another episode. Um, and Aaron was Aaron was on the show before too to talk about the sixth and twelfth houses um, with Kirsten, which was really fun as well. So happy to have some of you back. Happy to have some of you here for the first. Joe, you're, it's your first time, right? It's my first time on the astrology Yay! show. Thank you so oh much. My gosh. Welcome, welcome. I just had uh, you know after you guys were saying your SMRs, I had this realization that one. Three of you have like double signs in your SMR, which is really interesting. But m- more, more importantly, all four of you have your chart ruler and fixed signs. And so I'm like, that's I think what this vibe is. It's, it's so just like calm and like steady. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like the mutable bitch, like <laughs> buzzing around. You guys are all just like so chill and like consistent. <laughs> So anyway, that's that's the vibe I'm I'm getting right now. It might be a lot of Virgo energy, but I think it's the fixed. I think it's a fixed fixed bitch vibe. Um, and and I'm assuming like you guys all know each other through Twitter, through life. Yeah, Aaron and Pals, you guys definitely met. Or and Joe, you guys were all interacted at 2019 Norwalk, mm-hmm. um, and everyone's interacted with Jared on. On Twitter, yeah, I think Joe and I met even Mercury before shines. that at UAC. Oh, nice! Oh God, UAC feels like a different lifetime. Other. But like, mm. yeah, we were definitely yeah. sort of everyone outside smoking in front of the hotels, like Gemma. Oh yeah, like, pointing out all the stars, like <laughs> yes, <sighs> yes, yes. Man, there were so many people there. I met so many people that I had to like re meet at Norwalk, and I was like, look, I'm so sorry. I met so many people at UAC. Uh, I don't wild. remember. So, so many that everyone thought I was at UAC. People were like, oh yeah, yeah. and I'm like, I was not there. <laughs> I did not ever go to a UAC. Um, but anyway. Let's get into it. So I brought you all here because you're all some of our um, writers for Cusp, um, the app that I launched in late October. I always forget that our app's a Scorpio um, <laughs> because I, the the Sag rising with Jupiter, or sorry, Venus um, and Sag on the Ascendant is like so loud to me when I think about Cusp. But yeah, we are a little 12th house Scorpio sun app as well but anyway yeah, I mean, talk about a bonding experience um, behind the scenes um yes i'm so happy i got you guys all on slack um but yeah so just to kind of talk a little bit about cusp um it's an app i launched with my co-founder nick um in october 2021 and it's essentially a daily horoscope app and a compatibility app all kind of focus on love and a big part of Cusp is that it's not just about romantic love and sex even, although that's definitely part of it. Um, it's just, it's more about living living in a way where love is um, emphasized and at the forefront of your life in all ways and connecting connection in all ways and all the different 
ways that it can manifest love love with yourself love with your friends your partners the hottie you know that you want to fuck like all <laughs> all types of love um and i think this specifically we do there is a lot of self-love focus um with with cusp and it's just kind of happened that way um but yeah so we launched it in october um and then we decided we wanted to like add more depth to the compatibility report so jared was actually part of the first round um, of, of core content writing and um, the, you know, if you're an air sign, um, if you have an air sign, sun, moon, or Venus, no, sun or Venus, sorry, not moon, sun or Venus, um, that is written by Jared and a, a big chunk of our um, compatibility reports, some of that writing is also written by Jared. Um, and also, who's not here with us today, one, because Genova is going to be on two other <laughs> episodes this season, and because um, Charm couldn't make it, but Charm Taurus also wrote a big chunk of um, the core content for Cusp in both rounds of writing, and um, Genova Drama also wrote a big chunk of writing as well, all of those like beautiful um, earth and water sign, sun and Venus overviews are written by her, and yeah, just really nourishing content from um, both Charm and Genova as well. And um, then, yeah, when we decided we wanted to expand um, and write more for the compatibility reports, I was like, bet, because I know a bunch of great writers <laughs> to reach out to. Um, and I'm so excited to have you guys. So, um, yeah, Palace, Aaron, and Joe came on. Um, Charm also did more writing. And Jared... Um, transition into editing which was like a huge help for me because my mercury's in sag and i love editing but my mercury is busy as fuck and doing too many things and so Jarrett coming in with with your like you know mercury and um third house mercury and scorpio like in that virgo expertise um it just worked out so well so yeah, you guys did such a great job. And if you haven't downloaded Cusp yet, you should do that right now. You can still, you can, if you're on your phone, you can still exit, <laughs> you can still listen and hop over to the App Store, the Google Play Store, whatever it's called. We are on both iOS and Android, right? I said that right. Um, and yeah, I'm sorry, I'm staring at the clock because it's 44444. Um, <laughs> and I just put on a bunch of Jupiter materia, so I just had to shout out Joe. Um, but anyway, we, yeah, download the app. Um, you're going to get these incredible, incredibly written, um, daily horoscopes that are not, not like your typical horoscopes. It's not, you're not going to get like whole, like, you know, send that text to your crush today like you know or he might be the one like tell him how you feel like that <laughs> that type of generic type of stuff um it's also not gonna you know i don't know what that other app does with their uh <laughs> with their notifications that can that can just not be they can be a little toxic you know that's kind of like completely anti what cusp is about we're giving you I think our horoscopes really, it's like a little nugget of wisdom you can kind of carry with you throughout your day. Um, 
and they're just so well written by amazing astrologers. Um, we have Isaiah. Um, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher their last name. Al does anyone know how to pronounce? <laughs> I'm gonna butcher it without looking at it. But Isaiah, the Legion Aquarius, on Instagram and all the socials. Um, they write for us, Natalie, Nicole, um, and um, Amber, Amber J are all some of our horoscope writers. So we just have like a lot of really great astrologers working on the app. And also the cool thing about Cusp is that like, we're telling you who our astrologers are. We're not being <laughs> secretive about who these people are. Cause you know, a lot of times for a lot of apps, you, they're not actual astrologers writing the content. A lot of times it's, it's writers, copywriters. So anyway, um, when it came to compatibility reports, you know, it's hard to figure out like how, which direction to go in. Um, and so I think we came up with a really good system. And when I finally figured that out, I was like, all right, who are we going to get to write these things? Um, and I'm just so happy with the end product. So I, I guess I want to first ask you guys about like your opinions of the app and, um, and yeah, just like your experience writing this type of content. Um, I don't know who wants to start. Aaron, you start. <laughs> it's so funny that you asked that because I remember. So is it okay if we talk about like the elements that we were focusing on? Yeah. Um, so I wrote mm -hmm. Venus compatibility reports um, for both romance and sex. So I was looking at the relationship between different people's Venuses. So for like a month and a half, two months, just like really deep in thinking about how people relate to one another um, from the aspect of what Venus is about, which is like values and exchange and reciprocity. And um, I mean, so many other things, pleasure, pleasure desire. <laughs> and yeah. for me, the experience was like, I mean, it was, it was a lot of content in a very short amount of time, but I sort of saw it as like Venus remediation as like this giant prayer and like labor of love to Venus. Mm -hmm. And so much of my experience was about like reflecting on all of the different ways that people can support each other and struggle in relationships and trying to be both like educational, um, like warning and also inspiring people to relate on different levels to their partners based on what I was seeing in their Venus signs. And um, I think had I not known that you were paying attention to more than just Venus compatibility, I think I would have been maybe resistant to writing what I wrote. Because if you're just looking at Venus compatibility, that can be like a huge reduction of how people might relate to one another, what struggles they might come up against in a relationship um, and what things might benefit them. You know, there's so many elements that you can look at in a chart. And so it was nice to dive into this very specific thing, knowing that it was going to be rounded out by other people's interpretations of different parts of uh, relationships. So it just honestly, it felt like a big prayer and it felt like um, an act of love. And I will admit I was totally burnt out and exhausted by the end uh but like reflecting on them and going into the app now and seeing my compatibility with other people and um like also 
seeing how I maybe wrote something based on a relationship that I have with someone and then looking at how that applies to a relationship with a different person and seeing how that is true of other relationships as well is just another experience of how astrology can be so affirming. Yeah, I mean, I experienced that firsthand, I feel like, with <laughs> with you and what you wrote about one of the combinations, and it happens to be the same combination that you and your fiancé yeah. have. <laughs> Cute. And I was like, this is so spot on. And I was like, oh, that's funny, because I modeled that after my partner and I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's wild. And honestly, it definitely, all the content definitely reads as like a prayer mm. you know to venus it's that's very evident in everything you wrote so yeah when in your um sexual and romantic compatibility reports um you'll see you'll find content written by um aaron around your venus signs and you may or may not know based on um you know what's written that we're talking about your venus signs but um for some it you know that will be obvious but regardless you'll know you'll know that we're talking about venus for both um sexual and romantic compatibility i didn't say that so yeah you can do <laughs> we have like um three different options for you know compatibility reports now so you can um see your compatibility with someone on a friendship level um you can see it on a romantic level and then also on a sexual level and we basically are using a couple different metrics to um, to generate those type of reports, but yeah, all of the y you can tell when you read it that it was written by real practicing astrologers who um, you know who work with people and who like witness these dynamics and see it play out. And um, yeah, I'm I'm always I'm still floored by the level of writing you guys did. And I'm sure Jared, I'm sure Jared is too, because you really went through all of it. You combed through all of it. And he always had a lot of nice things to say as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jared, do you have any thoughts? Oh, did you want to say something else? I think else, it's Aaron? just important to note that it's not just the, so if you're looking at romance and sex, we didn't just look at Venus compatibility. We also looked at, I think it was like fifth house compatibility and like seventh house mm -hmm. compatibility the sun. so there were like mm -hmm. multiple elements going into each compatibility report so that we could get a sense like a very well-rounded sense of how people might relate um and you can tell maybe that the style of writing is a little bit different from astrologer to astrologer and i love that we had some creative freedom in our styles and we didn't have to like tamper or hone our way of thinking about something to match a particular style I think actually the like there's definitely consistency throughout but at the same time everybody got to add their own little flair which I really appreciate it yeah yeah I feel like I mean the main consistency honestly was like we all have a a, a, a foundation our our astrology is rooted in a, in a similar tradition and so I think that really helps um when it comes to like we we all can like we're speaking the same dialect of astrology basically um and i think that really helps um yeah jared do you have do you have thoughts about the editing process and just the app in general and yeah yeah because you were writing and editing yeah so i kind of have two i, I kind of came to it through two different um avenues simultaneously um 
In terms of writing content, I was in the first round of writing. We were we were just focused on sun sign compatibility. Um, you know, I when you first asked me to do it, I I had to work through some like fear and reluctance about t like getting into this zone of astrology writing. Um, because I've spent so much of the past however many years just kind of like getting really into the weeds about all sorts of complexities about transits and timing systems and houses and rulership and all this stuff. And so pulling it back to to the to what felt like basics. Coming back to surface. Back to the surface basically. stuff. And also back to stuff where you can't look at the whole chart, right? You can yeah. only look at this you're only be able to write about this one thing. Um and I wasn't sure I could do it, first of all. So, you know, I, but but once I decided to do so, I feel like part of my sort of approach to it, which I think was implicit for all of us, was to come into it with the with the understanding that people are going to have, first of all, all these this incredibly wide range and variety of kinds of relationships. And people are going to have relationships with whoever the hell they want to have relationships with. Mm -hmm. um, and it is not our job to dissuade them from doing so, because no matter what their compatibility is, they're going to learn something. They're going to have an interesting experience. They're going to surpass our expectations, or it's going to go horribly wrong in ways that we couldn't foresee. Not because astrology doesn't work, but because, first of all, we're, you're only writing about one pairing of placements. And too just because that's what life is like you know and and i think that if anything the fa like being practicing astrologers all of us and and doing consultations and hearing about people's lives and seeing it through this filter right of their charts i feel like that's um i'm losing my train of thought but th that that's uh one of the main things that you that you learn is like everybody can get along with everybody um and you know so anyway I, I just that was a that was loomed large in my mind as as far as my attitude for how i approached it um and not necessarily to always give everything an overly positive um you know put it through through rose colored glasses or anything but to acknowledge that people make people make choices and find wisdom and learning and all sorts of stuff in all sorts of combinations. And there's always something to every relationship, right? Um, the other thing that I had in my mind while I was working on it was like a, I wanted to never forget that people who use this app might, you know, might come into it with a very sort of um, like looking for fun, right? But they also might take it totally seriously and you don't know from who's reading it you don't know what their attitude is when they're approaching it so i wanted to anything that i contributed to it i wanted to do with an awareness that this writing could actually affect real relationships in terms of the expectations and understandings that people um, internalize and carry into their interactions and so that to me feels like no small thing you know and then later as as like as being in the role of editing other people's writing i was able to like really see what how everybody approached it and read everything very closely and it was clear to me that all that stuff was universal for everybody who contributed to the app that all of us 
thought about that, even when we didn't talk about it all um, very explicitly, that those attitudes, I feel like were pretty, pretty much true for, for all of us. Um, and especially, you know, taking it seriously enough that, that people could be influenced by what we were writing and to, and to do yeah. that with some degree of delicacy while still having some fun and, and being loose and allowing ourselves to like be inspired because when you're writing, when you, you know, if you've never done it, if you just sit down and you're like, I'm going to write <laughs> 78 reports times two or or whatever, it's a, it's a lot of writing. Um, you have to just keep going. You have to keep coming up with something to say. And it has mm-hmm. to be kind of, you have to find the meeting point between, you know, technical knowledge applied and what comes through for you. Because you're still just a writer. And like any other kind of writing, you have to have some kind of inspiration for what you're saying. Yeah, that's also well said. I mean, especially, excuse me, the piece around like, I, I just, it's hard to be an astrologer, especially a practicing astrologer, especially as deep in it as all of us are and know the intricacies of what of how chart placements manifest and how the most subtle things can like change the way a mars sign you know manifests or all that and then to sort of pull out and look at things so archetypically and so um macro basically in a sense Mm -hmm. is hard it's a hard thing to do and it's a definitely a mercurial feat in translating because it's like not just it's not just translating um astrology you know astrological speak into um into like layman's terms but it's also translating um like astrological speak into like archetypal archetypal like big picture you know we're talking sun signs venus signs moon signs but then and and that's scary i think for a lot of a lot of us because it's like we know again we know the intricacies but i mean at least me i've come i came at this um from having been a writer for a few different apps um and having done a lot of the same type of work before and I think I already sort of realized how, you know, how it can work. I've done it before, but then talking to you guys about it and feeling that resistance again, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I totally get it. I see why this is kind of a scary thing to take on. Um, but it fucking works still. Like that's the beauty of astrology. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the beauty of being a good writer and a good translator is that there is still going to be those, those, those parts of the archetype like the archetypes just like live within us you know so it's still gonna work and it's still gonna manifest and i think i think definitely for some of you i had to do a little convincing that it would work but (laughs) um i'm glad i'm glad you all said yes because you did such amazing work um yeah joe how about you what are your thoughts on it oh my goodness excuse me so well articulated everything that Aaron and Jared said. I'm, I was nodding along so big because I agree so much. Um, to sort of tag on to 
what Aaron was saying. I love how well-rounded this app is. I love that it's not just Venus compatibility or just sun compatibility. It's friendship, romance, and sex with, you know, at least three different approaches to that kind of compatibility based on <clears throat> the the individual's charts themselves. And even if that's not mentioned in the reports, you can really see it build out and it gives this variety for people to look at. Um, and I just, I really appreciate it. I love this app so much, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> um, it It has nailed so many of my like relationships and friendships. And I'm like, I... I wrote for this app and it is exposing me. Like, I don't understand how this works. I know, that's Except how I, I feel because I didn't write for it. So, like, every time I do one, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so good. This is, like, I get to have that, like, exciting thing. And it's, like, my app, which is cool. Yes, yes. Um, everyone just has done such a fantastic job. I'm I'm so blown away by, by everyone's contributions. Um, but... But yes, let's see. So I wrote the moon compatibility for the friendship reports. And I I really relate to what Jared said about having to kind of like scale, scale back a little bit because I'm a very technical astrologer. Like I'm a like, love me that Hellenistic tech. Like it doesn't, you know, like I, I have plenty of other influences as well. So it's not super rigid, but I have three planets in Virgo, including Mercury, <laughs> so it's it's kind of my jam. But um, I think my first experience writing for something like this was when I was ghostwriting daily horoscopes, like dailies for all 12 signs, with absolutely just awful deadlines. Like, I, I remember I had to do the first batch in, like, eight days. Like, it was very... Oh, my God. I literally don't know how I survived. But I... <clears throat> At the very beginning of my my practice and sort of my studies, I had this kind of almost negative view of things like horoscopes or like reports because I thought it wasn't as real as like looking at a natal chart. And um, boy, was I humbled because you, you all are so right. Like this stuff still works. And it's like the astrology gets bigger to encompass something smaller, like in words. Like it, it's very difficult to explain, but... I'm always really moved by how profound this kind of writing can be and what you can really draw out and allow to come through when you have a limited amount of words to say something in. So I really enjoyed doing this kind of writing again for, for the moon signs. And um, I have a Cancer moon, so I'm like a very lunar person. <laughs> it's in my 12th house, um, but it's it's my sect light. So that's a whole thing. And I I really enjoyed just kind of really sinking into that. Um, I related to what you said too, Erin, about it kind of feeling like a devotion. Um, for me, it was, you know, it, it was a lot <laughs> doing moon stuff and having a 12th house moon. I was literally just in my apartment, just writing constantly. <laughs> I like didn't leave. Um, but you know, I like that kind of stuff. And <clears throat> what's interesting too, that I observed while I was writing was my own experience of like my moon placement um, you know, it's very pure moon because it's the moon in its domicile, but being in the 12th house um, and having a lot of 12th house focus in my client work and in my writing, um, part of that is about vulnerability and like what it really means to feel safe um, and what that really takes when it's difficult. 
So part of what I try to draw on is, you know, getting out of the Virgo brain a little bit and being like, yes, of course, like, I don't know what the rest of the chart is, but these, these moon signs, like the rulers of these signs, the elements and modalities of these signs all inherently have um, a, a body sense or a felt sense understanding of what safety means and what care means. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting to sink into that. And I think I often approach it from what would make this moon sign feel uncomfortable and what would make this moon sign feel comfortable and like, how could these people comfort each other? And um, being able to be vulnerable with other people is... It, it takes so much courage and it takes so much willingness to like hold that space and be present with people. And it's something I think about so much because it's, you know, a challenge for me and such a gift when it's um, available and comes naturally and is nourishing that it was it was really wonderful to like sit with all these sign pairings and really kind of dig into how they might interact and yeah I, I really enjoyed it overall I was also very burned out at the end <laughs> I started just like it's, screaming about moon stuff on Twitter by the end of it <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that was my moon si moon swings that's where that came situation. from I forgot about that yeah that's that makes sense that that's where that tweet series <laughs> came, yep. came yeah. from I mean there was more than that that was like the week Venus stationed retrograde and it was like a whole it was a whole other yeah. thing but um yeah I love moon stuff. Yeah. It was such an honor to write the moon compatibility for your app. Oh my gosh. Yes. Such an honor to have you in again, such beautiful writing. Um, and yeah, the moon sign stuff is really important. I mean, if we, if we had all the time in the world, I would like also include moon sign compatibility in the um, romance reports too. Um, but I really wanted to make sure that was a big piece of the friendship um, compatibility reports because I feel like yeah moon moon sign compatibility like really hits <laughs> you know the the way like moon synastry is so important in in the ways that we um yeah relate to one another and again like feel comfortable and that's kind of what friendship's about like being able to to be comfortable and trust another person and the beauty of that too is that even if you're in like a romantic partnership with someone, you can still check your friendship compatibility. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't. Like, I want my partner to 100%. also be like one of my best friends. So it's nice to be able to like still kind of get a sense of what that aspect of partnership looks like. Definitely. Yeah. Palace, dying to hear your thoughts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Generally, I'm not much of an app person, really, but Cusp has been so much fun to read and play around with. Like, not only just the amazing team of writers you've put together, just overall the dailies and these folks, like, so good. Uh, so the quality of it's really amazing, but the ability to see the report, I just, I want to echo what folks have been saying about the tricky the tricky business between it seeming superficial, but then also recognizing the depth of it. I really felt that writing mine and even entering into it. Like, I don't necessarily like I'm not known as a horoscope writer. You know, that's not really what people know me for. And so doing this, I was a little nervous. I was like, can I even do this? And so I like did one and sent it off to a friend and was like, is this right? 
right before I actually agree to it. And I'll I'll explain what I actually did for the app because it's a bit odd compared to some of these. Yeah, other I was ones. gonna say. Yeah. So, but there's something about the recognition, like what Jared said, the recognition that this will actually impact how people relate to each other, right? And understanding like the gravity of it and just really reckoning with um, how popular it is now for people to reflect on themselves using astrology, right? That's just, it's, it's just so common at this point. But being able to be like, no, what this, like, what this actually means is that these, this is how we relate to each other, right? And like astrology gives us that, maybe even more so than it gives us like self-reflection tools or like event prediction, right? There's an ability to, there's an ability to see, um, yeah, how our experiences align and differ. And I think it's so beautiful. So I feel like cusp really speaks to, um, yeah, that way of understanding the world. So, which relates to what I did, which, um, so I wrote the, what you, what people will see is the third paragraph on their friendship <laughs> and romance reports. And so we don't, we don't say what it is, uh, but what it is. No, you can say, yeah, you can say. Yeah, uh, it's based on, <laughs> it's based on your seventh house. So it's sort of like a rising sign compatibility, except it, it is predominantly based on um, the sign on your seventh house and the planet that rules your seventh house. And so, I mean, I'm also one of these Virgos, right? So I had a very comp, I like printed out by wheels of every pairing it was it was a whole production oh yeah uh, yeah uh that makes me so happy yeah I love I so mean, much okay i'm gonna i'm gonna try and really be brief about the technical stuff just because like you're all nerds and you'll love it so yes. what i did because it it's like novel right like i hadn't really seen anyone do this before like with let alone with an app right so it was like it was so challenging and like fun and i think charm worked in a similar way with um what with what charm gave to the app yeah as well. charm did the fifth house compatibility yeah. scope so yeah. it was like okay so what i did i'll try and be brief what i did was i took um i looked at the seventh house and the ruler of the seventh house and then i looked at where that planet well for one the other houses that that planet ruled in the person's chart and then I looked at the houses in the other person's chart that that planet ruled. Mm, wow. Like I was under, so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Because I, I, I share this uh, and I'm, I'm sure coming from like a Hellenistic background as well, right? It's like the ruler of your seventh house often actually signifies your literal partner, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we take that, we're seeing how that planet's energy then expresses itself in our partner's life because that's probably mm. in some way where we will come to them or they will come to us so in doing dealing with the houses and especially when we're dealing with an angle i really understand the angles right like the cross to be in terms of relationship right to be where where we come to the world and where the world comes to us and like every house in the chart, like it, they contain everything in the world, every experience, every object, like it's all there, right? And so this idea that when we're talking about house-based compatibility, right, which is the seventh house or the fifth house, we're really looking at um, how our relationships enter into the world 
in some way or how our relationships relate to the entire rest of our lives. And so it was really freeing. And this like echoes one thing that Aaron said is it was really freeing to know that my colleagues were like covering the moon, right? They were like covering our emotional bodies, you know, we're covering our Venus values stuff. And then, so I was free to be like, okay, so what brings these people together? Like what actually in their lives, the circumstances bring these people together and how does their relationship impact the world, right? And so I come to it through, and so I, you know, I did some like, I read like reread care work. I read some like transformative justice stuff. Right. So I was in this, I was in this very this mode of like, okay, yeah, it's an app. What are we gonna do with it? It's like we're impacting people's relationships. It's like, what do relationships do? It's like, I think especially friendships, right? It's like they change the world. Like this is how it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so being able to like contribute to this app and do all that, there was there's more technical I had like a whole list of the technical stuff um but yeah it was really it was really blessed uh to be able to write like this yeah super fun we're all I mean we're also blessed to have all of your writing in it I'm yeah it's I just I'm proud of myself for putting together (laughs) this team because I just couldn't ask for a better um team of people who really take take this seriously yeah i mean i really appreciate that about all of you is that like you really yeah took this seriously as this can affect people's relationships their their view of themselves and um yeah i just i feel like it's really important that people um take that into account when they are choosing the type of content, the astrology content that they're consuming, the type of apps that they're, you know, they're using every day. Um, it's really nice to know that the people writing this content like feel this way, you know, really, really care about um about yeah, how you're receiving it. <laughs> so yeah, thank you all so much for for contributing and also to Charm and Jennifer, and also um, Taylor Ursula, who is also going to be on two episodes, <laughs> two other episodes this season. So that's another reason why I didn't invite her to this one. But Taylor wrote um, our moon and rising sign overviews, as well as our Mercury and Mars overviews, which should be on the app by the time it will be on the app by the time this comes out. Um, this should be on really soon, actually. So so yeah, also shout out to Taylor, um, has been doing amazing writing for our, our love overviews. So that's another part of the app. You get your daily horoscopes, you get these amazing, um, uh, compatibility reports, and then you can also read about your placements and, um, sort of in the lens of how you, how those placements relate to love and relationships and this connection in general. Um, and they're all just so well written. So, so proud. Um, another cool thing about the app, which is some of our newer features, um, is you can, you can react to the compatibility reports. You can talk to people, you can chat, you know, with who, who you're, um, doing your report with. So there's a nice like connection piece there as well. Um, and we're going to have even more 
sort of like reaction, um, reaction and, you know, commenting sort of features coming out definitely by the time this airs. So yeah, that's another exciting part of the app. Um, it's cool ways to connect with other people and see how they're feeling about, you know, their compatibility reports or whatever's happening in the sky. Um, so again, it's all about connection and the cusp birth chart has this beautiful um, Juno Venus conjunction in Sag, like right on the ascendant. And I I did root that chart to my chart. The midheaven is exactly on top of my my natal Venus. Um, so so yeah, I mean it's just a lovely app and it's beautiful, right? It's like aesthetically very aesthetically pleasing as well, which helps. Um, yeah, my um, co-founder has um venus and and capricorn and he actually headed the aesthetic part of it believe it or not i didn't have anything to do with it (laughs) so so yeah he also has a a good eye which i think he's also a pisces which i think pisces are just naturally aesthetic um but anyway what else oh yeah i i'm curious about like your 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 reactions to using the app and like the compatibility reports especially i mean i know most of you are partnered um i'm curious what it was like when you like looked at your compatibility with your partner for the first time or i mean and if you're not partnered anyone else that you might be <laughs> interested in anyone else that you you know did a, a report with Aaron, you go first. Oh, I, <laughs> I see you smiling. It's funny. My partner's in the other room, and I'm just thinking about. I've she's like not a phone person, um, and so I've been like get on cusp like a couple times, and she hasn't done it yet. And I she's noticed like, nah. the other day that there was a way to put in somebody's birth information if you have yeah. it, and I like resisted because I wanted to like I really wanted to see it like with her <laughs> on the app. So I'm waiting on that one, but I did TBD. I did actually look at our compatibility, Kira. Um, oh, cute! And I was like, oh, hot. <laughs> it was like it was also really nice. It was just funny because you know we met on Tinder and like we never mm-hmm. dated, but um, it was just. Like, it was very affirming thinking about, like, rooming with you at Norwalk and just, like, all of the experiences that we've had sharing space together. I was like, oh, yeah, this is spot on. Um, and then... I also have a lot of the same placements as your fiancé, just you saying. Do. <laughs> you do have a lot of the same placements as my fiancé. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Um So, yeah, I've mostly looked at, like, compatibility with friends and just felt very, like, affirmed in my friendships. Um, And, like, there are a couple of people, Joe's actually one of them, like, I looked at our compatibility and I was like, oh, I really want to be friends, like, closer friends with Joe because we're, like, mostly (laughs) acquaintances. And I was like, oh, there's so much, like, good, like, Jupiter Mercury stuff happening, I feel like. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just been it's been kind of fun. I feel a little bit like like on that fine line between like creepy and curious <laughs> as I'm like, <laughs> looking at my compatibility with other people and uh 
one thing that I love about Cusp is just how fun it is. Um, and it's been really nice. I have a couple of roommates from New York who recently got on Cusp and added me. And I remember one of them had like a compatibility book. I don't know what book it was, but it, I think it was like a sexual compatibility. I feel like it had a red cover. It was really thick. Sex, sexology yeah. or something. And I remember mm-hmm. looking at that book with them when I lived with them and now just thinking about how cusp is like a much more expansive version of that and like well-rounded version of that book and how like fun it would have been to like be in and now I can shoot them a text message be like oh my god this is so like spot on um but that was really sweet to see them pop on awesome how about you palace well I was just thinking it was probably love signs I think that is like a red oh, like goodness yeah. book. I think, but one of they both no. It was probably yeah, both think, because one of them, both of them, are like super astro curious, and there were definitely red, a few yeah. like astrology books that weren't mine that were floating around that house. <laughs> so one of my favorite things about it is the just like blatant gender openness mm. about the app. Like it's just not even. It's just like not even a thing. I just it's it feels so freeing because so much compatibility stuff historically in Astro is so gendered. And so it's monogamous too. It's like so hetero. It's so hetero mono. It's so yeah, totally. I didn't even think about that, but that's such a good point. Yeah. Our app is super non non gender. It's like kind of a gender in that way. Yeah, and it just allows us to like be ourselves in it which I feel like is beautiful. Did other people also use they, them pronouns in writing compatibility reports? Because I... I think that was just across the board, yeah. Like, without even questioning it. And it was so freeing. Yeah, yeah. That's such a good point. Yeah, uh, the rapport with my partner is very good. Very good, I will say. (laughs) The sun and the Venus are just, like, spot on. Um, Really beautiful. One of the favorite... Okay, from the writing end of things, it was like talking about them as a prayer. It's like I definitely treated, especially the friendship ones, as like these little sort of like secret love letters to like all my friends. Uh, and so like afterwards, I was like sending them to people and just being like, here, look at this. And then some of them I actually wrote, and there's one I'm thinking of specifically where it's like I actually wrote it with people in mind who I like wanted to be friends like better friends with (laughs) and like that's so now one of them knows that the other one I don't (laughs) think knows that I wrote the horoscope about them um but it was like how to the friendship ones I really focused on like how to be better friends to each other Mm. you know Mm. and I just like And it can sometimes be hard and like a little awkward to make, especially in like post-pandemic world, right? Where we're so much online, it can be hard to really like make that jump into like more intimate communication. And so part of what I love about the app is that ability to react and like message people on your report. Because I feel like it kind of gives you this opportunity to sort of like bump between like, oh, we're just mutuals. We've been mutuals for five years 
And like, <laughs> but we've never, you know, we're not going to DM because that's so like serious and boundaries and stuff. But this little like cusp thing. But also it's not such a big deal that if someone doesn't respond, it's not like, it's not going to be a, be horrible. Right. So I think that right. there's yeah. something really beautiful there. And yeah, they have tracked. Did, did your partner? Did your partner like read it as well? Yeah, well, actually, I like I downloaded Cusp when you first did the first release of the reports, and so okay. I got them to download it too. And so we have both had it on our apps and or on our phones, and so we read the original reports, and then it was like just so I already had their information in my phone okay. when the new ones came out, and I was so excited. Yeah. <laughs> The sex ones are That's so fun, fun too, and like I know they really, really are. are. Reading the sex yeah. reports for your friends is like <laughs> it's really good. Wait, Anyone you and who your says they or... don't do that is lying. Like everybody <laughs> exactly. reads all three. Like I'm so convinced. <laughs> but also, it allows you to just choose two people, not, not you know, not necessarily yourself, but just two people oh, you yeah. can think of. You can you can match make in your mind. If you're like, that's oh my God, so that's... cool. Wait, really? Please don't tell me I'm the only person who's done that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is no. revelatory. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I all do that because I want to see. I want to see more stuff that's not all about Libras, you know. I'm, so I'm just like want to read that's more true. of the content in the app. So I'll, so I'll just choose two random friends and see what happens. That's um, amazing. Which... I'm so glad you said that. I. <laughs> I'm gonna Virgo out later. I love it. It's the it's the it's the twelfth house Scorpio sun in the in the uh, <laughs> yes. yeah. Oh my god, you're so there's, right. Our app a little is built bit of, for lurking. A little bit of lurking. <laughs> Highly sexualized lurking. That is so funny. <laughs> wow, I love it. Also, like I feel like chart ruler in the third is very like. I'm just gonna like scroll and just like play around in this app forever and like you know go all the little combinations. Um, Jared, how about you? How how did you and your partner react? Did you get did you get her? I to have not gotten her to download Cos, but I have gotten her to look at some <laughs> stuff. Um, I don't know why that's not. I don't that isn't not rooted in anything. But um, we'll have to ask her basically. Um, okay. But okay. you know, I I since I was uh, editing all the content, I was you know if one of them applied, I was certainly reading it very closely <laughs> um yeah and then i had the dangerous power of being able to make changes so i tried not to do that <laughs> in terms of uh trying to model it entirely after this one relationship that i'm living um uh, that was always a danger if you you know writing for your own sign or anything mm. even if yeah. just a friend because you because like I, I imagine we all had our own process but probably there was some commonalities of like i need something personal because otherwise this is never going to be grounded something personal ish if it's somebody i know or you know even if i'm writing about two signs i'm no relation to me just like think of something or somebody that i know as a sort of starting place um you know just just putting together as many kind of different influences as you could to try to make sure it wasn't um totally impersonal and it wasn't too personal so um, anyway, yeah. I'm getting off track. But. That's really important. I mean, I don't think people realize it, like how much astrologers do that and how it actually works. <laughs> like even when I used to write dailies too, I would I would write them to people whose rising signs, you know, are associated with that sign, and 
basically kind of like thinking about what that person's going through in their life and thinking about how whatever daily transit would um, affect them. And it works, you know, and that's uh, when you're writing for certain placements, like write about someone, you know, and if as long as you're if you're a good enough astrologer to really be able to like kind of focus in on that placement. Yeah. Um, then then yeah it, it definitely works really well it's like an equal yeah, balance like, between um, predictive and reflective yeah mm-hmm. yeah and if you're and if you know people's charts really well and you've looked at enough charts overall then it gets a lot easier to sort of zoom in on one placement and sort of identify the part of that person that that you want to think about um yeah, and then you can kind of branch it. Like I would try to think. I would try to have at least, because I was working on sun sign stuff. I would just try to have at least a handful of people in mind with different charts. You know, with different rising signs and different Mercuries mm-hmm. and Venuses, whatever. Sometimes I would just have celebrities in my mind, or I would look up famous celebrity couples. Just easier for sun sign combos. Um, <laughs> you know, just to yeah have a that something. <laughs> That that reminded what you were saying a little bit ago too reminded me about like writing for your own placements and not wanting to put too yeah. much of your own experience into it. That's why I didn't write the Scorpio book for that that book series um, where I wrote Pisces. That's like the number one reason why I chose Pisces and not Scorpio because I I at the time especially was surrounded by Pisces. So many Pisces in my life. I'm a Pisces rising. And I felt like I had a much better like sample size like sample selection of like pisces experience and i did scorpio experience because i'm like super scorpio you know like sun mars pluto i didn't want to put too much of my own intense scorpionic experience into a whole book about scorpios although you could also argue since i'm such a super scorpio it probably would have worked but (laughs) but anyway um yeah, it's really important to sort of have other people in mind when you're when you're doing this sort of work. Yeah. Um, Job, how about you? Um, so I just want to quickly tag on to what you all were talking about. That's oh, it's yeah. so interesting too, because for so long, um, I was like a really insufferable like traditional astrology student at first, and I was like really stuck up about it. Like I'm not proud of that at all. Um, <laughs> But I was like, I'm not going to be the astrologer that writes based on my personal experience. It's all going to be technique, which is like so silly to me now. So Virgo. It's so Virgo. I'm like, oh, my God, Joe. Um, but I, I was very resistant to that at first. But it's like you need a strong technical foundation, but you need the experience of these placements through relationship, through other people. Um as almost like this may be kind of the wrong word, but like that's the empirical part. Like that's the experiential part. And so when I was writing for Cusp, um, you know, of course I was thinking about like my Scorpio moon friends and like how I get along with my Scorpio moon friends and like the Cancer Scorpio moon compatibility was so fun to write because I love Scorpio moons, um, <laughs> and it's the et cetera, et cetera. What? I said, and it's the best one. It's just the best Oh. <laughs> I mean, it might be my favorite, <laughs> um, but I'm biased. But what's what's really interesting is that I think, you know, like you all were saying, like when you're a good writer and when you're a good astrologer, you can both have someone in mind and like write a horoscope or a report to a person. But it's like 
you're asking yourself, okay, what is this person like? Um, how is this person experiencing this transit or this, you know, compatibility or synastry or whatever? But then you're also able to hone in on why and take that back to the technique and then take it back out so it remains uh, personal and it like hits, but it's really solid. And that way it's um, broad is not the word I'm looking for. Impersonal is not the word I'm looking for, but it's it's technically sound enough to apply very widely while still having that very personal feeling where it's like, it reads like, you know, that because you know the person, because in a way you do. Um, and I just, I've said it before. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm so blown away by everyone's writing because it all feels like that. Like it all feels like that. And it's just, you, you really did a symbol, like a stellar team, Kira. It's, it's Thank great. You. But I just wanted to touch on that because I, I find that whole process endlessly fascinating and I love swallowing my words from several years ago <laughs> on that whole thing. Um, Cause writing based on your personal experience is part of what makes the, like the variety and the diversity of the cusp app and the writing contained in it so wonderful because you get to really see and hear and feel that. Um, but anyway, let's see cusp for me. I'm not partnered right now, uh, but I definitely, you know, I'm not not talking to people <laughs> and the reports <laughs> good and the reports. Um, yeah, the, the reports hit um, there. There were audible gasps when I read some of them, the way they <laughs> they absolutely nailed us. Um, some were like really moving and sweet. And yeah, it's just I'm having so much fun with it. Like I'm not much of like a an astrology app person either. It's like the same like kind of like slightly stuck up like trad astrology student from six years ago deep inside me that's like I don't need an app you know like I can just look at the charts um <laughs> no I I'm with you like, <laughs> it's very silly but it's so fun and it's so good the content's so good and um yeah it's it's like a refreshing way to step outside my astrology brain and still be getting like such excellent astrology um and the whole energy like underlying the app is so good. Like I feel the Venus on the Ascendant and everything that it, it makes it just like a joyful experience mm. to, and to like be curious about this stuff and maybe lurk a little, maybe, maybe read all three reports for everyone as a treat, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they've been really good. They've been super accurate. Again, one of those things where I'm like, wow, uh, you have been spying on my text messages like a hundred percent. Like, how did you know? <laughs> so it, it feels oh, good to have that. that happen um, after all these years of being engaged with astrology. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think the first one I looked at um, was my friendship report with my co-founder. Cause I think he sent, he, I think he's, I forget. I think oh, he commented on it to like test out the reactions feature. And I, I read that one and I was like, we both have Aries moons. Um, and so I just remember reading that section about the Aries moon compatibility and I was just like, oh, nailed it, Joe, <laughs> nailed it. Um, so yeah, oh, awesome. I, I want to kind of shift a little bit and talk about like compatibility in astrology because the way we did it in the app, um, you know, it's, there's so there's so many different ways you could do it and there's so many different yeah combinations you can you can you can play with and i feel like we started in a really solid place 
um, that gives so much depth. But, you know, to really get into like com- your true compatibility with another person, you need to look at the full chart. And you typically that means talking to an astrologer or learning astrology, you know, to really to really make sense of it. So I'm curious, like your your each of your um sort of histories with astrology and compatibility and the types the types of you know maybe methods you've used or techniques you've used um because you know we have synastry which i guess you could just define as um kind of overlaying two charts to see where um how different planets how the planets in each chart interact with each other and how the planets and points and you could even say houses interact with each other um and then we have what's called composite charts um our midpoint charts this is when you're taking um the chart data from two different charts and finding the midpoints of each of those planetary combinations you could say right so it's like finding the midpoint between two people's sun um the midpoint in the zodiac finding the midpoint between their moons etc um, and then there's different types of composite charts within that. You have the Davison chart. Um, what others? I mean, I don't, that's kind of it, right? In terms of like ways of, and then there's kind of more archetypal ways of looking at it where you're comparing like uh, modality and element as well. Um, I definitely focus on synastry mostly and not that I do compatibility reports or anything, but when I'm when I'm looking at it, I'm, I feel like I have a very... Um, specific way of looking at compatibility and that I well I kind of want to first start off by saying like this is how I got into astrology when I was 11 years old um <laughs> being a boy crazy you know Venus and Libra little slut that I am I wanted to know <laughs> I'm embracing the slut um now that now that Jupiter's back in Pisces I'm like sluts for Jove um so so yeah I I felt like when I was like around 10, 11, that's when I started to really research astrology online and specifically compatibility. And I've always been really into it. I'm very relationship oriented in general. You know, my chart rulers on my descendant, Venus and Libra on the eighth. It's just who I am. So um, over the years through doing this so much and, you know, dating different types of people and constantly looking at this stuff, um, and not just dating, but like just being in relationship with others. What I've kind of come down to is definitely synastry is a, a big piece to it. Like when when your points hit my points, we're going to feel something, <laughs> you know, like something there's something there. And really, that's what aspects are all about. It's like about that witnessing piece of, you know, activating another person um, through the witnessing of one planet to another. Also, angular synastry, I think, hits very, very hard. Like, ex- like some of my favorite people, the people that I want to be around all the time, um, have their IC or, yeah, their, um, their ascendant conjunct my IC. So, like, IC, like, any sort of angular synastry, descendant, midheaven, like, any, anything like that really hits. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of how, and then I, I also look at patterning. So if someone has, if someone's chart ruler is in their eighth house and another person's chart ruler is in their eighth house, I find that to be, um, 
even if the signs aren't compatible necessarily or seeing each other, I still find that to be something that those people can relate to, right? A similar type of experience maybe, um, or if someone has a ton of, you know, earth and water in their chart, like they're probably going to get along with other people with some earth and water in their chart, right? They're going to feel that, that sort of comfort and stability with that. Um, similar aspect patterns, similar, you know, stelliums are in the same houses or if, um, I don't know, you just find different, cool, different patterns to, to kind of look at. Um, so yeah, I'm curious for you guys, Jared, do you want to start? I'm curious, like what your, how you've done synastry or compatibility in astrology. Yeah. Um, well, I've never done it. I've never worked with compatibility or synastry at like in a consultation setting, but I have obviously toyed with it quite a bit in terms of my own curiosity with astrology and thinking about my relationships and my friends and all that. And I feel like I'm not a, probably not alone that it was one of the first things that I that I looked into or that that made me curious about astrology. Um, aside from just like being like, what's up with Libras? You know, then it was like, what's up with everybody else? You know, that's just how it that's just how it works. That's what you do. And then you start to notice how you get along with different people. Um, but honestly, one of the, this is what I was thinking about as you were talking is one of the first things that really hooked me into astrology, even though I had a general point of view and framework for thinking about the world that was pretty at odds with astrology. And I, and I had really mixed feelings about, um, about the whole idea. I just, I, once I got curious enough to look up some other people's charts in a little more detail, I discovered this really striking pattern about like pretty much every person I ever dated or had a crush on going back to like third grade. And <laughs> it was just this nonstop supply of Capricorn placements, especially Capricorn moons. Um, and, but you know, whenever the Capricorn moon wasn't there, they were a Capricorn sun or, or whatever. Like, and I, once I noticed this, I really like, it, it really hit me like a truck. Um, cause it just felt, you know, this is this is an anecdotal experience uh you it's this is not you know scientifically valid as a as a data point but it but for me as a person it was a really strong data point that there was something to this um not only to astrology but also to synastry um it was only years later that i was in class with austin Kopic and he said this line about capricorn moons and he said capricorn moons nurture by not indulging. And mm. that was the next time that I got slammed by a truck um, in, in this regard, because it sort of, it was like, after all these years, I sort of resolved the mystery because I, I was always wondering like, what is it that I as a person am looking for in these other people who have Capricorn moons, like the person I live with, you know? Um, and and that, was the, <laughs> that was the missing piece, that that was something that I needed in my life. Um, you know, I I needed to find that in myself. You know, I feel like without getting too personal, I had reasons. I I had a sort of inner indulgence or inner self-indulgence and tendency towards self-pity, you know, and, and in other people, I saw a model of acting differently. And this is, you know, considered a detrimented moon or, or arguably a, a weak moon. But in in my life, that was something that I needed, right? So 
that's just like an mm -hmm. example of how compatibility and synastry sort of plays itself out in seeing patterns in your own life. Um, and from there, like once I started really diving into synastry, even though I don't do it for other people, when I track it in my own life, in my in my primary relationships in my life, my my best friends and my family members and all this stuff, I think it's it's up there in the top three things that that like come through with really kind of astounding results. You know, where I see I see how my my Mercury is on my brother's Jupiter and his Jupiter is on my Mercury. And it's like, and they're square, you know, and it's like this perfect representation yeah. of our intellectual relationship and the way that we challenge each other and the way that we teach each other, you know, just, and how we argue, you know, and they're in fixed signs and we're both really stubborn mm -hmm. about the things we're stubborn about. <laughs> that kind of, that side of synastry for me is like really unbeatable in terms of what astrology has to offer. And especially because I feel like the other major, major thing about astrology as a practice and a, and a philosophy that, that hooked me in those early years was just really like internalizing the idea that other people are different. You know, they're different from me and, and all the people I know are different from each other. And they are, I don't know, I don't know why they're different. You know, I don't, I can't trace it. I can't you know, explained through nature versus nurture or the stars or fate or whatever, but I do know it's true. And I do know that this um, framework somehow describes that. And so being able to not only understand people as individuals, but then put it all together sorry, and, and really like see how my differences and your differences interact and we awaken different parts of of ourselves and change each other um over time and yeah and like the people that just pop into your life it's i'm endlessly fascinated with it um so yeah yeah someone who also attracts a ton of capricorn moons and if not capricorn moon capricorn rising <laughs> placements and if not rising than sun but like so many you the way you put that was so it just hit it hit me so hard i'm like yeah that's exactly what i i'm looking for that too too much jupiterian self-indulgence <laughs> i need someone to model that for me that's so wow that was beautiful um yeah i i'm pausing okay so keep <laughs> keep everything running run to the bathroom <laughs> and then we'll Thank just you. pick right back up. <laughs> Thank you, Erin.
Sorry, Will. We needed to take a bathroom break. Sorry about the camera Sorry thing. Crunching. So oh, no worries. We're taking off. say one two three clap and we'll all clap so we can just have the same starting place um i'll say clap i'm like i'll i'll do this okay so i'm gonna start recording right after that one two three <laughs> okay we took a little quick break there so um so yeah, that's, I mean, again, I, I kind of think about, when I think about our friendship, Jared, I think a lot about the fact that you're Saturn's on my son mm -hmm. um, and how much I fucking adore <laughs> that sinistry. Like, it feels so good for me. I always describe it as like a, a weighted blanket, you know, when someone's Saturn's on your son. I don't know how it is to have someone's son on your Saturn. <laughs> I don't know how it is for you on the other way around, but like I have that with Michael J. Morris too. And like just a lot of people from that Saturn and Scorpio um, cohort that like, I just like, it's just such a good, it's such a good friendship piece, like compatibility for me. Maybe because Saturn rules my, my 11th. I don't know, but it feels so good for me. Um, yeah. Palace, how about you? How do you, how do you do compatibility stuff? I used to do it a lot more like in sessions with people because I used to be uh, a primarily in-person astrologer. And so I was like local kitchen, witch. people would come over and I'd read their charts, you know, and we'd have tea. And that's like the first couple of years of my practice. And so people eventually, so many people, especially in like the local queer community, right? It's like someone would come and then they'd tell their coworker who would tell their friend whose partner would come. And then it was like, I sort of had read for enough people that people then wanted to sort of talk about their charts together, right? And so I remember I had done individual readings for like three roommates and then they came and we did like a tri-wheel sinistry session and it was amazing. Um, online, it just, it doesn't have I don't know you can't get the same consent right with people it's it's mm -hmm. it's just it's more complicated um so i don't often bring it up in sessions one thing i do do a lot is family sinistry and that is because i do work with ancestors and like spirits and stuff and so sometimes if a return client comes to me and wants to look at that stuff we'll like we'll even look at like dead people's charts right we kind of pull out the whole thing and in that the repeating signatures stuff in family is so powerful Wild. like you end up seeing generations of people all with jupiter square the nodes and you're like mm. i know what that like that inheritance is still living out right there's just yeah. you can just see it so strongly 
Um, and of course, Saturn signatures can run often between parents and kids, right? There's a, mm-hmm. so there's so many layers to that itself. In my personal life, I totally, like, I totally love Sinistry. One, the way I really think about it though, is um, I work a lot with transits, right? I think of transits as like collective experiences. And so the way transits interact with our chart when there's pieces of our chart that touch pieces of another person's chart, then transits will activate those at the same time, right? And so they really, like, that's kind of what living in our synastry is like living with the cycles of the planets around us. And it's like, they can activate different points in our relationship, right? And so often, if we're looking at our synastry, we can also look at the transits happening to our synastry. And that's where I think it really, like, really comes alive. Yeah, mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought up family sinistry because that's like, that's the type of shit that really, <clears throat> excuse me, really blows a lot of people's mind when they get into astrology. When you start seeing the family patterns, it's like, it's so wild. I mean, yeah, I remember when I first realized that, you know, my grandmother was born on a total lunar eclipse and no one in our family, like she had four girls, they had a bunch of kids. I'm one of those kids, you know, they have a bunch of kids. I don't think there's anyone, at least from like my level of like cousins that has um, any sort of dignified moon. We have no, no good moon signs basically in my family. Um, And I think that, you know, kind of looking at my grandmother whose moon was total eclipse and she lost her mother at a really young age, like just that wound being carried, you know, that like those moon problems, lots of malefic ruled moons, <laughs> like me and my sister, both my mom, like, yeah. So family sinistry is, um, oh my gosh. Now I'm like, I literally wrote it down. Like, do we need an episode on that? Cause I think so. <laughs> There's just so much to get into. Um, but all great points. Yeah. Um, how about you, Joe? Yeah. So, um, kind of opposite experience uh so far i wasn't ever super into compatibility and sinistry and stuff um i was uh, look i'm sorry i'm a leo i have leo rising i was like i need to understand myself (laughs) so much um yeah it is it is what it is um but it it kind of bled into my practice a little bit too um i don't offer compatibility or composite readings or consultations really um, because I think there's really so much you can see in the chart of an individual as far as how they relate to others. Um, as Pallas was saying earlier, you often see the ruler of the seventh house literally as partners and where they show up in the life um, and in that person's world. So as far as my practice and you know where compatibility um, is situated within that, it's, it's really rooted in the individual's chart and their experience and what they can bring to relationship and then how they can kind of work with what's received and how, how whatever they receive from whatever relationship they're in with whoever it is, um, how, how that's going to hit their chart and hit them as a person and how they can process and metabolize that. So that's how it is as far as like my, my practice and how I engage with it. Um, However, you know, synastry is a real thing, obviously. Um, the more you look at it, the the less you can deny that the this this is such a real thing. And actually, 
um, thinking about this before we started recording and, you know, while we've been chatting here, I'm trying to remember who said this. And I hope one of you can remember because it definitely didn't come from my own brain. But someone said, you know, essentially synastry is like a permanent transit to your chart. Like this person is like mm -hmm. a transit to your chart. And I wish I could remember who said it because it's so true. Um, so I think when I first started really dabbling, I looked at it that way. Like, okay, this person, um, this person's Saturn is opposite my moon. Like I'm getting a Saturn moon opposition, like transit when I interact with and relate and engage in relationship with this person. And like, what does that mean? And what does that feel like? Um, and I think that's kind of the way I approach it. And I definitely thought about that, even just writing for cusp and, you know, I think about it when I read other sorts of compatibility reports and I can really kind of see that coming through. Um, but yeah, it's as, as far as like composite charts, I do think they're really fun. Um, I haven't delved super deeply into like Davidson charts and stuff. What I notice is like what, what I can kind of tease out and surmise and delineate from just looking at the synastry between two charts and like the ruler of the seventh for two charts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, typically things like composite charts for me at least tend to like ping a similar resonance and maybe like add something that's kind of something I can typically already find without the, without like a composite chart. Um, but maybe with an additional layer, like similar to how some practitioners layer on asteroids or layer on other sort of minor, um, planetary bodies or heavenly bodies, et cetera. But, um, but yeah, it's synastry. I have to admit, like, uh, Jared, you were talking about Capricorn moons. Like, I I collect, like, Virgo moons and Mars and Virgo. Like, I, I love Virgo synastry, obviously. I have Venus and Virgo. Same. So, like, of course, I'm like, bring me all the Virgos. Like, I I love them so much. Um, there's, there's something so good <clears throat> about that for me. I think also just because, like, my Mercury is there and it makes the communication so good. And, like, every part of relationship goes more smoothly when the relation when the communication component is there and if virgo likes to do anything it's communicate and yes it can be overdone <laughs> but but it can it can provide some some good foundations um but but yeah that's i think that's most of what i have to say on compatibility and synastry yeah all great points i'm i'm also a big virgo moon stan like it's my seventh house and my chart rulers in Virgo. So I'm my assistants. Are, I have a couple people working for me who are Virgo moons. Like I just, this person I was seeing for the past couple, you know, year and a half. Oh, so, so nourishing. Yeah. I would say when people's planets, when like good planets, like the moon and like benefics and like the sun, the sun, especially, or luminaries, I should say, especially when they fall in your seventh, it's nice. You know, it's like they're lighting up partnership for you. They're lighting up that that part of you that wants to connect. Um, and that's how I feel about Virgo placements. Um, E.T., how about you? Mm. I know you I know you've done <laughs> compa like um, composite charts because you're the person that got me into looking. At, yeah. At them. <laughs> um, 
Well, I want to echo so much of what everyone has already said too. Um, I actually got into astrology, I think, because of synastry. Like, obviously, you know, I was interested in what it said about me, but mostly I was interested in what it said about my relationship to other people. And I have a very like relationship oriented chart. Like, my nodes are in the first and seventh. And so I see that a lot playing out. Um, And I looked at everything. I mean, I've looked at like Venus compatibility, moon compatibility, sun compatibility, like ruler of the seventh, ruler of the first, ruler of the 10th, ruler of the second and eighth. And I'm like constantly looking at how um, people are in relationship to one another. Uh, in, in a consultation setting, I haven't done a ton of couples sessions because of a number of reasons. Um, and I've never advertised it publicly. I've only worked with people who I had as individual clients first, who then came back and requested it. And even then only people who I'd worked with a number of times where I could like trust that that was, um, a safe space to do that. And the reason that I don't work with couples is that I think it requires like an enormous amount of energetic labor and care to treat that with the responsibility that um, it necessitates um, to be holding space for couples. And, you know, that's like, that's like cusp on just a whole nother level um, because you're holding space with people who might be trying to work through some pretty difficult material. And maybe someday I'll come to that again, but um on a personal level, I'm constantly looking at relationships between charts. And the thing that I'm looking for, I, I would echo what Joe has said is like, I want to look first at who two different people are individually. Like I'm never going to look at synastry between two charts without first understanding the individual behind each chart. Um, and I have Uranus on the ascendant. And so when I'm looking at synastry, I'm looking at how free do these people feel um, able to be themselves in relationship to one another? Like how at ease do they feel being fully themselves? And does the chart of the other person mirror them enough or create a container that allows them to be as like fully expressed as they possibly could be? And usually where I mean, nobody's going to be like a perfect match, right? Um, but usually the place that I'm going to start is where is the ruler of the first? Where is the ruler of the seventh? How are they relating to one another in an individual's chart? And then how are they relating? Like how is one person's ruler of the first relating to the other person's ruler of the first? How is one person's ruler of the seventh relating to the other person's ruler of the seventh? And where in the chart is that? So I'm looking at like house sign, house ruler, um, like so many different pieces. Um, and usually I can tell. So like if the ruler of the seventh is in like a Jupiterian rule, in, is in Pisces or Sagittarius, I know that that person is going to be looking for a partner who has like very strong Jupiterian influences. Or if the ruler of the seventh is in a Venus ruled sign, Taurus or Libra, I'm going to be looking they're going to be looking for a partner who has strong Venus significations. And that could show up in so many different ways. That could show up as like Venus conjunct the sun, Venus conjunct the ascendant, uh, Libra rising, Taurus rising, Libra rising. <laughs> like Libra sun, 
Taurus sun, like it could be so many, or even like the ruler of the chart conjunct Venus somewhere. So Venus on the middle. Exactly. Like it just, there's so many different ways that it can show up. And I love that because it's not, it's not narrow. Um, It's not like, oh, you're looking for someone who has like a Pisces sun in the eighth house conjunct, (laughs) you know, Pluto. Like, no, it's so much more complicated than that. Um, but then, you know, I'll get into some of the more specifics like Venus compatibility, moon compatibility. I love looking at like sun, Mars, um, sun, Venus, like basically whatever the sect light is, um, with all of the other planets, uh, and trying to get a sense of how those people are, um, how they fight, (laughs) is a big one Mm -hmm. like how they protect themselves Mm -hmm. um how and what they need to feel safe um also like where the ruler of the first is is going to tell me a lot about who someone is so for example like the ruler of my first is in the second so I like values are really important to me and the ruler of my seventh is sextile my um, chart ruler so I'm going to be looking for a partner who also has a very like strong relationship to their values. Um, it can come up in so many different ways. And then there's like the fun stuff of like, for example, if you have gotten into like astro mapping, astro locality, um, like my partner and my my partner and myself both have Venus lines through each other's like not necessarily ancestral like her Venus line is through my hometown and my Venus line is through her like grandparents hometown and like that was really fun to discover so there's like so many different pieces that you can look at um composite charts are really interesting because they define the quality of the relationship so it sort of it it zooms out and it zooms out from like the individuals and in on what is this connection and just like reading a natal chart, I'm going to start by entering the, like, at the ascendant. So, like, what's happening on the ascendant? What's ruling the ascendant? Um, are there any planets on the ascendant? For example, I had an X. Our composite chart had Pluto on the ascendant. And that relationship just, like, could not come out of, like, the cave of what felt like incredible, like, aching pain and like really wanted it to work maybe to an obsessive extent you know pluto and scorpio on the ascendant will like do that for for us who had to watch you move through that too i'm like so glad i did but um it's nice to look at yeah it's nice to look at composites to get a sense of like what is the relationship about and what does it need um but ultimately i'm you know when i'm looking at synastry i'm going to be looking at the two separate charts um more so than the composite like the composite is like a big um it'll illuminate what the struggles are and where the ease is very quickly but the Mm -hmm. solutions are usually found in the uh, in the two people's charts as they relate to one another and what you're really looking for there is like what does this one individual need and how does and can this other person give that to them and vice versa so mm-hmm. I could go so on, well but, said. you know. No, yeah, yeah, that's so well said. I mean, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say another thing about composite charts, but I can do that. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, you you can. I was just going to say um, 
I just love driving home the point that it does, it is so much about the individual chart. It's like, um, which is why I think Cusp does such a good job of too, because it doesn't, it's not so much reliant on like relationship or like what you can do for this other person even, um, or what you can do to, you know, be better in a relationship or whatever. It's, it's really about the, how, how do you relate to another person and how do your, how, how can you figure out how to relate to each other based on who you are as individuals? Um, yeah, Palace, what were you going to say about composite charts? I like composite charts. I think they're really strange and beautiful. And yeah, like from my, from my psych background, they definitely, like what Erin was saying, they, um, they look at the composite chart as, uh, like a third thing, right? Where it's like, there's two individuals and then the composite chart is the chart of the relationship of this like third thing that exists between you. And like, I do tend to Mm -hmm. think of that. And so I like the chart because it's like, what kind of field do people create between each other and like how can they tend to that right and so the chart really does say something like that but one thing you can't just like well okay i think that you can't just like look at a composite chart and read it like a natal chart which is what some like more beginner people to compatibility tend to do because composites are based on midpoints you kind of have to feel into what midpoints even mean in your own chart like they're really mystical right? There's like a really Mm -hmm. mysterious aspect to midpoints and how they work. Um, Yeah, versus a Davison chart, which is based on um, an actual place and time that existed, right? They tend to be descriptive of um, very like almost environmental, locational aspects of a relationship. And so they can Mm -hmm. be really, uh, really tangible and note really strange things. Um, But once again, they do tend to map like this third thing mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. then mapping a composite chart or a davison chart into sinistry with a natal chart right and that's where you get yeah you get into the weeds it's so you know taking it slowly and leaning into kind that's of the so mystery true. of it i think is helpful rather than attaching any like prescriptive meaning to these things yeah mm-hmm. and i think it's i when i'm looking at composites it sort of reminds me of how you could like you could learn as much in an initial astrology session as you might learn in 10 sessions of therapy and so the mm-hmm. composite is like similar for like a couple's reading it's like it will illuminate like the the tough points and the obviously without getting like prescriptive you want to ask people questions like I would never go into a couple session or like an individual session, like assuming so much about a person um, because that's really dangerous. You want to like have a conversation. And at the same time, you, it gives, it gives you like insight on what questions to ask or about what parts of their relationship might experience. um, Yeah just like tension or ease or what feels really good or what feels really hard. Uh, And that can get lit up by a composite chart very quickly so that you can then move into, well, how do we, how do we support these two people in relationship to each other? Beautiful. Um, To close this out a little bit, I want to do something kind of fun 
and go around and talk about your favorite um, sinistry aspects that you've that you've experienced. Like, and specifically, I'm curious about your favorite sinistry aspects when it comes to sex, friendship. Let's do let's do sex and friendship. <laughs> but I, I will just I'll start. Um, my bestie Teddy and I have the best industry. Um, their sun is on my moon, and their moon is on my sun. So I'm a Scorpio sun, Aries moon. They're an Aries sun, Scorpio moon. We just have this luminary synastry that we just light each other up. You know, we just can't get enough of each other, sort of thing. Um, we also have that their their ascendants on my IC, so that's another really fun one. Um, but yeah, luminary synastry, I think it's unbeatable. Like I love, I love me and Scorpio Moon. All my clients the past two days have all been Scorpio Moons, and um, yeah, I just love that. You know, the the light in me sees the light in you, sort of thing. And I think when it's Sun Moon, especially, it's a very specific type of you know, giving and receiving that happens. That can be really special. Um, and sex industry, you know, <laughs> um, I had sex with someone who, so I have Venus and Mars in domicile, right? I have Venus and Libra, Mars and Scorpio. I had the pleasure of having sex with someone with also Venus and Mars and domicile and the and the other signs. So Venus and Taurus and Mars and um, Aries. So our Venuses and Mars are, are opposing each other's. It was fun. I'll just say that. That was really fun. <laughs> um, domicile, Venus and Mars. Yeah. Get you one of those. We're we're really fun. Um <laughs> Palace, how about you? For any type of relationship, I like I'm a yeah, sad rising. Yeah, you can do any type. I'm a sad rising, and honestly, I love other sad risings. Like, I'm sorry. Hell yeah! <laughs> like we're great. I've dated my partner's a sad rising. I've dated so many sad risings. I love. There's that. like there's like and a cusp thing. is a sad rising. <laughs> yeah, I think I actually have the, the moon's at 23, right? In the cusp yeah. chart. Or I don't know. Venus is at 23. Okay. Venus is at 23, okay. Sag. Then that's, the moon's that's in um, Leo. That's my man. Okay. It's pretty good. Oh, perfect. Yeah, right? um, <laughs> so I love that. And this is for friendships. And this is one thing I've actually seen just happen. And then I'm like, what is that? And then I notice it. And now, of course, I notice it. But one of the things about friendships is I tend to actually like this like dark house sinistry um, because it actually pulls out things uh it pulls out things so we can see them from another person right and so mm -hmm. it's like people with scorpio placements kind of pull out my scorpio placements and so i can kind of see them right cancer placements my eighth house placements and they kind of like taurus placements right they pull these things out that i can't really see about myself otherwise that's probably my favorite thing about that and then yeah i think like oppositions are the are like the sexual tension aspect. I love them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, so true. Yeah, oppositions. I'm I'm very into them. Yeah. Ooh. Hell yeah to that. Um, Joe, how about you? Uh, nodding so much to oppositions are the sexual tension aspect. 
hundred percent. Um, it really is. Yeah. Um, let's see. I also love what you said about like dark house, sinistry palace, like just with any relationship. Um, and it reminds me of something I feel like I've meant to say like three times before this, but, um, having like a, you know, I have a strong moon and domicile, but it's in the 12th house. So it's just like really good at doing 12th house things, which are like really not good. <laughs> um, so, it, I mean, it's a tough placement. It's not a bad placement, but it's tough. And I find that like other afflicted moons, um, kind of in any kind of relationship, there's like this deep connection on that because there's an understanding of like what that means. So like Scorpio moons, cause it's a fellow water moon. Um, I find the same thing with my Venus placement and people with, um, Venus in detriment or fall or, or in a dark house or something, there's a similar kind of, um, understanding of the challenges of connection that allow like a vulnerability that comes from being able to be like, I totally get it. Like I, I relate to you on that. I'm so sorry. I have a space heater that's beeping and I don't know oh, why. That's okay. Um, <laughs> that was a weird song. Um, but yeah, so as far as friendship goes, I mean, I already mentioned I'm a I'm a slut for Virgos. I'm kind of just a slut for Virgos anyways. Um Virgo <laughs> placements. But um also fire sinistry. Like I can't help it. I have a fire ascendant and a fire sun. Like I have the most fun with people with like Hell yeah. just good fire luminaries or like fire anything. It's it's just pure fun. Like I just get louder than I already am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like, oh no, prepare for me to be very loud. Um <laughs> But yeah, as far as sex goes, that's the oppositions for me. That's mm-hmm. the oppositions for me. It's always the opposition. I know. And I will say squares too. Squares Mars it's squares. The yeah. Yeah. Mars squares. I like I'm just thinking like all the people I've had sex with in the past year have Mars square mine and hits hits Mm -hmm. I don't know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that's awesome Um, Erin how about you oh man I feel like I could go so many different directions I love sun Mars (laughs) I have like um and sometimes I wonder if it's sun Mars or if it's just like my venus and a mars ruled sign loving like people who are super martian Martian. but like yeah all all of my partners most of my best friends have mars and scorpio um you among them (laughs) and (laughs) when i think about yeah i i see a lot of like mars and scorpio venus and libra placements like people who have that double um and i have sun pisces venus aries and so it's like there's something about that combination that like really hits for me, both in friendship and in um <laughs> and in like romance and sex. Um for friendship, for sure, fire moons, mostly Sag and Aries moons. Um, like so many of my best friends have Sag or Aries moons. And I think it's something about so I have a Sag moon in the twelfth house and like there's something about the ability to just like vent and like have somebody else understand that you just need to vent. <laughs> you just need to let it out. Yes. And and they sort of like egg you on. Um and then in the same in the <laughs> at the same time when you're like partying, it's very like um 
I don't know what the word is, like, maybe not boisterous, but there's like a, a gregarity or like gregariousness. I don't know if gregarity is where you being able and, to yeah. just like, you know, wing it and sort of say, fuck it. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, that it's like, there's a lot of ease there with other fire moons. Um, and then the last one for me, yeah, we need each other. <laughs> the last one for me for sex is definitely I don't know what it is. I think it's because, um, so I have Mars and Gemini and Sun Square Mars and like Gemini placements just get me every time. It's like mm-hmm. weird, kinky goodness. <laughs> um, yes. I don't know. It's like, I think yes. for me, it's the, everybody's like, it's the oppositions for me. I'm like, it's the squares for me. It's the conjunctions. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the squares. I mean, I hear that. I have basically only had sex with Geminis in the past two years. <laughs> <laughs> so I hear there's some and for me I think it's you know my chart rulers in Virgo have Mercury and and Sag and like I just cannot get enough of these Gemini placements Whew, it's that the opposition's in the squares I mean that's what makes shit mm-hmm. happen you know I will also say conjunctions too um can make shit happen but moons you know, you need moon. You need moon sign friends of the same element, basically. Like fire moons need each other. Water moons need each other. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah. Air moons definitely need each other. Um, and earth moons, you also need each other to like ground yourselves, basically, <laughs> for after dealing with the rest of us. Um, <laughs> Jared, um, how about you? I feel like too much of a Libra to answer this question. <laughs> Everyone. Um, <laughs> I I would say I've already uh, I guess I've already spoken about my um, attachment to Capricorn moons, so I'll just leave that there. <laughs> um, definitely all Virgo placements. I just I have I have so many spots in Virgo to make synastry with, so it doesn't take much. Yeah, I meet somebody with a Virgo placement, I'm like, hi, I love you. Um, <laughs> same, yeah. same, 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 same. <laughs> and and Scorpio also because I have. Similarly, I have so many um, things in Scorpio. Sometimes it brings up stuff I don't want to look at, but it's it's good nonetheless. Um, I I have at some point I noticed that one of my dearest friends um, and my therapist have the same birthday, and it's right on my Mercury. So, um, and Hillary Clinton, um, <laughs> which is weird. But, oh, it's my dad's birthday. Yeah, I, Sure. And that's also where, yeah, sorry. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> I also um, just want to, oh. No, go ahead. I just want to give a moment to Mars and Capricorn, period. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. yeah. Hot stuff. <laughs> yeah. God bless. <laughs> also, like other Cap, like I'm in Cap Rising, but like Cap for Cap, 100%. I was, I thought you were going to say that. I don't that, know why Aaron. I didn't. That was dumb. I was like, Oh. <laughs> yeah, people with your same rising yeah. sign. That also is like a nice. It hits. Jared, sorry, we sorry, Jared. Totally cut you no, off. That's like, I was. I thought maybe I was going to get off the hook for the next part of the question, so, which, in fact, I'm going to respectfully decline oh, answering decline. that. That's it's en- I'll just that say it's fine. enough for me to go on a podcast and talk about astrology. It's enough for my for my <laughs> Mercury in Scorpio conjunct Pluto. Um, yeah, so, dark house luminaries. Yeah, I, I get declining it. Declining to it. indulge. <laughs> yeah, I've learned. There you go. There you go. I finally learned. Well, I 
want to thank you guys so much for coming on here and indulging me, indulging us on Valentine's Day to talk about, yeah, the app, cuss, relationships, love, compatibility, fun, all the things. Um, we have nothing else to do except tell the people where they can find you. Jared, why don't you start us off? Okay. Um, you will find me... In terms of social media, mostly on Twitter, where my handle is Mercurius George, uh, Mercurius spelled with an I U S, no O. Um, and my website is mercuriusgeorge.com, and I offer consultations. And I've done a little bit of writing, and I keep thinking I'm going to do more. So hopefully by Valentine's Day, I'll finally write something and put it there. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you. And Erin? Um, I'm at ET, like extraterrestrial, ET Shipley, ship like a boat, L-E-Y, on virtually all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and my website is etshipley.com. Um, and I also have a newsletter that is like fairly irregular at this point because as Kira mentioned, I have a fiance and I'm planning a wedding and that is a whole thing in a pandemic um so <laughs> sessions are the best place to find me if you want to work one-on-one -on -one. awesome joe all right um you can find me on twitter and instagram um doing plenty of trolling and shit posting <laughs> in between occasional insightful astrological stuff at joe maker of ways um it's exactly like it sounds joe with no e maker of ways and you can find me at joemakerofways.com. Um, I am working on redoing my website during the uh, present Mercury and Venus retrograde as we're recording this. So consults are still closed for now, but the best way to know when they're open is my mailing list, um, which is very infrequent. And basically just to let people know when my consults are open, you can, you can sign up on my website. Um, but yeah, that's what I got. Awesome. And Palace. My website is nineofwands.com and you can find webinars and events and uh, I'll be opening at when this is released, I'll be opening some first time one-on-one -on -one sessions uh, pretty soon after this is released. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and you can find uh, some of my writing at patreon.com slash nine of wands and that supports uh specifically writing research and writing of a book i'm finishing uh on the ic yeah. awesome and we're gonna do a whole episode on the ic um with palace and taylor ursula so coming up soon so i'm excited for that too um and yeah thank you all again for being a part of cuss being part of this episode so grateful all righties that was a good one right <laughs> yeah wow i got some good people i got i'm working with some good people and not only are they just good people they're great friends too and i feel very blessed um so that's what i'm going to leave you with today i hope you have a great valentine's day if you're listening to this after Valentine's Day. I hope you had a great Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, I hope to see you in the 11th house and um, I hope you have a great Leo full moon. I hope you follow 
all of the socials, um, at the astrology show on Instagram, at the underscore 11th underscore house underscore on Instagram. <laughs> and of course, at the astrology on Instagram, that's me. Um, like, comment, subscribe, <laughs> rate, review, all the things that, you know, I should say after podcasts. Um, yeah, I really need to like record some sort of like podcast outro thing. Cause I think, I think that's the next step here. <laughs> so I'm not just rambling at the end. Um, yeah. Thanks to our editor, Will at Chiskin Productions. Um, thanks to all of you for listening and tuning in and I hope you're enjoying, um, getting two of these every week now. That's really exciting for me that I get to be in your ear twice a week now. <laughs> and of course, um, if you are more of a visual person, you can always tune into the podcast on YouTube. Um, it won't have the intro and outro. It's just the interview, but that's there for you. It can be really helpful for some episodes specifically when we like my screen share and show charts and stuff. Um, and of course on YouTube, you can also put on closed captioning and that's really important for a lot of folks. Um, one of these days I'm going to get to the point where I can transcribe every episode and, you know, afford all of that. But until then it's on YouTube for you. Um, okay. I hope you guys have a great week. I'll see you again or talk to you again on Thursday with a really fun new episode, um, continuing the, the sign series. All right, folks, have a good one.